The LA Clippers went into Memphis more shorthanded than they expected to be with Kawhi Leonard being ruled out for personal reasons shortly before the game. But Russell Westbrook transformed into OKC Russell Westbrook and the Clippers got one of their best wins of the season. Who helped him out? What was the difference in the game? And what made it the best game that Russell Westbrook has played as a Clipper so far? Going to talk about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Vizieri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I went live after this game against the Memphis Grizzlies. On Wednesday night, remember, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to tell me, when was the last time you saw Russell Westbrook play that well? I want you to tell me that, because this was the most confident I'd seen him play since the Washington Wizards days, the end of the season, when he went on a tear and led the Wizards to a 17-6 and ending to the regular season in 2020-2021. And this episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app. So in this episode, going to be talking about what made his performance so incredible, how he led the Clippers to a victory, and then a little bit of the bench, because I thought that's what made the biggest difference for the Clips in this one, over the Grizzlies, and then looking at the big picture, life without Marcus Morris in these first two games with Nico was the starter, all that. But let's get right into it. A very interesting start to this game. Clippers without Paul George, Kawhi Leonard going with Eric Gordon and Terrence Mann starting in their place. Of course, Nico Batum starting instead of Marcus Morris. The Grizzlies going with a little bit of a load management kind of approach in this one, having played a back-to-back on Tuesday the first of a back-to-back on Tuesday. So Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain, the second and third best player for this Grizzlies team, sat out and then, or were rested, I should say. And then Steven Adams and Brandon Clark already out with injury. So they're down three starters there and a key reserve. They started Santi Aldama and and our old friend, Luke Kennard, who's been playing really good basketball lately. And I'll tell you what, just before we get into the game, Eric Gordon, he might be better for this season, but long-term, it's going to be tough watching Luke Kennard have his best years with another franchise. He's a good fit for that Grizzlies team. They could use some even more three-point shooting, and it's just going to be sad because I really enjoyed having Luke Kennard on this team. But you know who else I'm starting to really enjoy having on this team? Russell Westbrook, who for the second straight game became Russell Goatbrook. I mean, the Clippers started out up 5 nothing, and then the Grizzlies hit him with an 18 to nothing run. And I thought they were getting to the basket way too easily. There wasn't much resistance. They were just lively and, hey, played with a lot of, you know, athleticism, got the ball off the boards and ran with it. Creating turnovers, pushed the pace on them. 18-0 run. And then Russell Westbrook responded 
with 13 straight Clipper points. 11-0 run for the Clips, but 13 straight Clipper points were scored by him. He hit two threes. One was a swish from the top of the key towards the left, and then another one where he banked in, got a little bit of luck. But his mid-range was on fire. His jumper in general just looks like it's lost that little bit of that hitch that he's had the last couple of years. He's shooting it a lot smoother. His mid-range has been better, and he was able to get to the basket with a quick change of pace. And one thing you really like to see in this game is teams are going to go underneath the screen with Russell Westbrook at all times. But when you do go underneath the screen, you're giving the ball handler a little bit of room to gain that burst of speed. And Russell Westbrook is pretty damn good at getting that burst of speed and going downhill. And with the Clippers spacing, it's much harder to load up, because especially with Russell Westbrook's passing ability. So when guys were going under the screen, Russ was doing a good job of taking that space in front of him, getting a burst of steam, and getting to the rim, or ahead of steam, or a burst of speed. Sometimes I confuse my, you know, my words and catchphrases and stuff. But amazing first quarter by Russell Westbrook, 16 points in that quarter, but the Clippers still trailed by one. However, responding to that was huge. Second quarter when he came in, even more Russ. Now, the bench did a really good job for the Clips. I'm going to be talking about them a little bit more later. But Russell Westbrook came back in and picked up where he left off. Getting to the basket, getting two feet in the paint, feeding Zoo, finding guys for open threes, finding guys like Robert Covington on pick and rolls. The Grizzlies, they know Russell Westbrook's such a great passer to the roll man. So they were starting to bring a guy from the three-point line in to sink and take away the lob. That leaves shooters open. Russell Westbrook doing a great job with some cross-court feeds, just some good passes in the pick and roll, and also just getting downhill, getting in transition, and making plays like he knows how to do best. Third quarter, the Clippers won that one. Actually, no, they didn't. I'm sorry. It's the second quarter, they won 41-34. Grizzlies hit him with the exact same kind of quarter in the third quarter, 41-35. Russ was still playing well. And the big thing I loved about Russ again for the second straight game He was playing defense, helping well, active hands, got a couple of blocks, and it wasn't his best defensive game. The Clippers didn't really play that great a defense in this game at all, especially on the interior. Terrence Mann didn't even have a very good defensive game, but I'll tell you what, I think with certain other guys, and I'm not going to name their names, but from, from earlier in the season, I think that the Clippers would have lost this game because even though they didn't play great defensively, they got enough stops. John Morant had eight turnovers, shot 11 for 28. You're doing something right in that sense if he's having those kind of numbers. Of course, it makes it harder for him with Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. out, but we don't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, so I'm not here to feel sympathy for anybody. So good enough defense by the Clippers. Guys like Nico Batum, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, even though they didn't have, besides Robert Covington, in-your-face crazy games, they're still out there doing better than other guys would. And I'm not going to sit here and say their names over and over. But Russell Westbrook really has been great on both ends the last two games. Solid on-ball defense. Great, A great block from behind getting over a screen. I forget on who. But he was really bullying John Morant, going back to the basket, hitting some turnaround fades, going to his right, sometimes going to his left. But like turnarounds over the right shoulder and then that shot going to his left that he banks in. I mean, he was in a zone in this game, driving to the basket, throwing stuff up in traffic. There was one where he like double clutched and threw it up with his left hand off the glass. He was unconscious. Five for five from deep. For Russ, five for five, 
13 for 18 from the field. 36 points, 4 rebounds, and 10 assists. And maybe my favorite stat of them all, only 2 turnovers. A 5 to 1 assist to turnover ratio. And maybe my favorite play of the game. And this really epitomizes how much better Russ makes other players. How he really gets it. And one thing that John Wall kind of failed to do was... When he was playing, he kind of wanted to show everybody that he was still John Wall. He kind of commandeered the offense and wanted every single basket to come from him creating it. Russell Westbrook has shown much more willingness to sacrifice, play off ball, set screens, do everything they said that he wasn't willing to do coming away from the Lakers. And you got to give the team credit. you got to give the Clippers media credit because he's, he's all smiles, the Clipper media. you got to give the players credit and the coaching staff. I know people don't want to give Ty Lue credit right now, but the way he's handled Russ, I think has been superb, much better than Vogel did. I thought Ham did a decent job, but this team is just a better fit for him, and I think everyone, the fans included, I want you to give yourself a little pat on the back, especially if you're at the games, because Clipper fans have been really good to Russ. From the first game that I was at, you can see it in my, on my Dime Dropper channel in the vlogs, they cheer louder for him when he gets introduced than anyone besides Paul George and Kawhi. Like, he's been there just as long. And obviously, he's from, you, you know, he's from L.A., UCLA guy. But the way people react to the things he does and the way he interacts with the fans at the games is just awesome. And in this game, he was in charge of it the whole way. He was the best player on the court, even with John Morant, who everyone considers a consensus top 20 player in the NBA, maybe even top 15. To some, a Grizzlies fan, for example, might tell you he's top 10. But Russell Westbrook played like his old self. And man, if Russ can continue to play, obviously he's not going to shoot 5 for 5 from deep every night. But low turnover and his jump shot from the mid-range even looks a lot better. That changes everything because now you have to step up and honor it a little bit. And that's when he can get to the rim. And obviously Russell Westbrook is going to play better when he has no pressure. And obviously Paul George and Kawhi Leonard aren't really taking the ball away from him. This kind of reminded me of that Wizards role or that OKC role, and he thrives in that kind of role. But the speed he still get generates is unbelievable, and I still think he can do those kind of things with Kawhi Leonard out there as well. So I don't think this is, you know, out of the realm of possibilities for him to have great games without, you know, with Kawhi. We've seen him have good games with Kawhi already, but I was just, I mean, it's still surreal to have Russell Westbrook on this team on a team that I've watched my whole life and a guy that I've watched for the majority of my years being a basketball fan. And I've always loved the guy. And when he plays like this, it's just amazing. We are 8-8 eight and eight with him, though. It's still not, you know, something to go go crazy about. But I'll tell you what, I, can't, I don't think that that record with him is truly indicative of the way he's played. I think he's been definitely better than I expected so far. And I got to give him credit. He was the man of this game. Led the Clippers to a 141 to 132 win. The Clips are now 41 and 36 on the season, 20 and 18 away from home. A great win against the Grizzlies, a team that the Clippers, you never know, could be seeing in the playoffs. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about the biggest difference in the game for the Clippers, their amazing bench, who stood out. Clipper fans looking really good on this one. Going to be talking about that coming up. But before I do that, I got to tell you about the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app. The Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app is the coolest game I've played in a while. I've always thought I could be a great NBA GM. It was a dream of mine to be the president of basketball operations for the Clippers. And if you want to do that, you've got to download this app because it allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through the seasons, and leading your franchise and fans 
to glory or to misery as you build a historic dynasty or tank in the lottery. You can do all these kind of things on the app. You can dealing with challenging personalities, hire the right coaches and assistants or the wrong ones, trade and train players, make draft picks, navigate your franchise through free agency and all that good stuff. All of this in a challenging but also realistic game world and Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Clippers. Listeners, get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked On in the Game Store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Okay, so the Clippers winning at Memphis in the first of a little double dip. They played them again on Friday, and I guarantee you'll probably see Desmond Payne and Jaron Jackson. It's going to be a tough game, but the Clippers getting this one is huge, and it was one of the best offensive performances of the season, led by Russell Westbrook, of course. But it was really great to see Norman Powell back. After a little while out, coming back from that shoulder injury, he came in and knocked down a three in that towards the end of that first quarter and had five points in the first. And he had a stretch of the game in the you know second half where he was trying to do a little too much, was turning the ball over, trying to foul bait and stuff. But I still think he contributed, had some decent moments defensively, did a good job chasing Luke Kennard over screens. Luke Kennard who is playing with more confidence. I mean, you can see it. And that's what happens when he plays consistently. Had 12 points on 5 for 9 shooting, but he only got three three three-point attempts off and made one of them. So clearly, point of emphasis, we know how good Luke Kennard is. Make sure you chase him hard off screens and run him off the line. And I thought Norman Powell at times did a decent job of that. He had a solid game overall for me. 13 points on 4 for 9 shooting, 2 for 6 from 3, and three for four from the line off the bench. So you get a bench guy in double figures. He shoots well. We'll take that all day. It's good to have Norman Powell back, and I'm looking forward to seeing him get back into form. Mason Plumlee and Ivica Zubats, I have to say, don't think they were great. Didn't do much deterring at the rim. Felt like the Grizzlies were getting to the paint way too easily, which obviously is not all on them. But they didn't have much resistance. And I have to say, the Grizzlies from the paint, Shot very well throughout the game. Everybody. I mean, they didn't shoot that great from three. Only 34%. 11 for 32. But they were 51.6% from the field overall. And a lot of those came in the paint. Let me check their points in the paint right now. 50. I'm sorry. 72. Clippers had 50. So 72 of their points came inside the paint. 60 came from outside the paint. That tells you a lot, especially with a team with John Moran. I mean, it makes sense. But their bench players, they only combined for 21 points. 21 points. The Clippers bench, on the other hand, combined for 66, a 45-point difference off the bench. That's huge. And mind you, that's with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out. That goes to show the point that everyone was making about the Clippers having the most depth in the league. I mean, yeah, Mason Plumlee and Ivica Zubats didn't have a great game. Zubats, 10.7 boards, 4 for 7 shooting in 23 minutes. Stats look good, but he was okay. Mason Plumlee, 6 points, 4 boards, 3 assists, 3 for 3 shooting. So finishing around the rim well, being right place, right time. But in 22 minutes, still not much. But Bones, Highland, and Robert Covington. 
Oh my goodness. Who should I start with? Let's go with Bones because he played less. 22 minutes for Bones in this game. He came in with some energy right away. Knocking down threes, picking up right where he left off against... Um, God, who did we just beat? Chicago. Getting into the lane, turning the corner on those pick and rolls, getting two feet in the paint, and showing off his passing ability yet again. This guy is a much better passer than I thought. He is a certified dime dropper. He plays defense lately. He's been playing defense lately. These last two games he has active hands, being ready for passes, you know, shooting the gap to get interceptions. Two steals for Bones Highland. I'm sorry, one steal and one block for Bones Highland in this game. And in the second half, there was a stretch. In the, like, you know, he, I think he played the entire fourth quarter. He played the large majority of it. And he dominated. He was hitting threes, some in transition, some when guys were going under screens, some when guys were backing off too much. He was getting in the paint. He had an absolutely ridiculous jelly right arm extended layup with English off the glass. It was <laughs> unbelievable. Similar to the layup that he made against the Clippers in that blowout game when he was a part of the Denver Nuggets and he was looking at the camera after he made it. The guy is so fun to watch. And if he continues to play with that kind of defensive energy and focus, I mean, he can get hot in a hurry. He gets two feet in the paint. He's a good passer. And as I mentioned in the last, uh, the second to last episode, when he, Russ, and Terrence Mann are out there, I mean, they get out and run. You see the increased speed and athleticism in the team. And, oh, boy, I love watching Bones play. He was phenomenal. And my favorite play, as I said, was... When Russell Westbrook, late in the game, threw the ball to Bones Highland, he noticed that he had the hot hand. I I feel like I was about to say that in the first segment when I was talking about Russ making everybody better, and I just blanked on it. Second time I've done that tonight. I did that in my dime dropper one, too. But my favorite player of the game was when Russ, I think it was late in the fourth quarter. Actually, I know it was late in the fourth quarter. He noticed Bones was having a great game. He had Santi Aldama on him. And even though Russ is having a good game, he said, nah, you go to work. And Russ cleared out, and then Ty told Zoo to get out of the paint. Russ called the play and called the clear out, and then Ty is adjusting based on what his point guard calls. That's a real leader right there. That's, those are the little things that I see. And you don't see that much from Paul and Kawhi. I love that. And Bones created something good. I'm pretty sure he scored on that. He was phenomenal. Following up his misses as well. Bones Highland getting busy with it. 20 points, 5 rebounds. You got to love that too. 6 assists, only 1 turnover, a steal and a block, 8 for 14 from the field, and 4 for 6 from deep. So insanely efficient. He has so much fun out there in just 22 minutes. 20 points in 22 minutes. Unbelievable. And then the guy that has had more fan support, maybe besides anyone, probably Terrence Mann first and then him second, He's been criminally underused all year. Just talked about it in my last episode. 26 DNP coaches' decisions. And he proved every fan right with this performance. Absolutely lights out from deep. He was hitting contested threes where guys were closing out right into his face. I mean, he was scorching hot tonight. This reminded me of the game against the Milwaukee Bucks last year. Seven for seven from deep for Rocco. Last game it was Nicholas Batum who got flaming hot from deep. 
now Robert Covington. And you know what else he brings to the table. Great hands. Good help defense. Not the best on the ball, but his help defense was great. And he also is able to attack closeouts and make a play. Something that Marcus Morris Sr. could not do. The most you could see from Sr. was he would attack a closeout and pull up for that mid-range that was just starting to be short every time. Robert Covington, there was a time in this game, caught the ball on the right wing. John Morant closed out, blew right by him, passed it off to Zuer Plumley for a dunk. I forget which one. But those little things are things that Marcus Morris wasn't doing and Robert Covington is doing. And he also is down to get out and run. He cuts. He was phenomenal in this game. Best game of the season for Rocco. 27 points on 9 for 10 shooting from the field. 7 for 7 from deep. Made both his free throws. Got 4 rebounds and 2 assists to go with it. And 3 steals. He was plus 11. Absolutely insane performance by Rocco in 32 minutes of play. So, so good. The problem is, is Ty Lue going to go back to playing him, you know, not playing him at all when Kawhi comes back? Because Ty did say he's adamant about nine-man rotation, and that would mean that Rocco is the odd man out. But, I mean, he played so well. It's just so hard to do that. Like, Nicholas Batum didn't have a very good game in this one. One for five, four points, 19 minutes. But at the same time, when Nico plays, I still think that more often than not, he does the right basketball things, and he still helps our defense no matter what. So it's a little different than senior. But Rocco was the man. And I think Ty Lue coached a great game. I, tell, I think he really coached a great game, played the right guys the right amount, went with the hot hands. Just a really solid performance by Ty Lue. I know he's capable of this, which makes the season that much more frustrating that he can't see what so many fans have seen this season. Robert Covington is good, is better than senior. And he was awesome in this game. But coming up, going to be talking about the other guys, looking big picture going forward as we have only five games left. What to expect with Nico Batum as the permanent starter now. 2-0 and with Nico Batum starting. But before that, I got to tell you about the tournament that's heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down that net in April. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right. Let's talk about the other guys for the Clippers. By the way, in this game, the Clippers shoot 61.5% from the field, 59.5% from three. So just when you thought it couldn't get any better from deep, and I've been saying the Clippers haven't had those games where they're just lights out from deep, and they responded with two of them. 22 for 37 from three in this game. They were 20 for 40 the other night. I mean, this is ridiculous. 59.5% from three, and it was mainly Russell Westbrook, who was 5 for 5, Robert Covington, who was 7 for 7, and Bones Highland, who was 4 for 6. But you can also throw in Eric Gordon, who was 2 for 5. I thought he was solid. And anytime you can get EJ in double figures, that's good. 14 points for him, 3 for 6 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3, and 6 of 6 from the line. That was the second most free throw attempts besides Russ on any, by any Clipper. So we'll take that from EJ. And then Terrence Mann. Was struggling defensively in this game, in my opinion. Getting beat a lot back door. And, you know, 
he's I've been saying he's been struggling with his screen navigation for a little bit. He was getting totally wiped out on some screens, and I still haven't gotten my finger on the bottom of that of what that is. But I'm gonna try to keep paying attention. But he's been totally wiped out on screens a lot of late. And when you do with guys like John Morant get into the lane and hit floaters. And by the way, no Tyus Jones in this game either. He was a very important player for them and played great against the Clippers um, in the comeback game. But no Tyus Jones, so five of their best players. Good thing the Clippers won. Terrence Mann, overall, still contributed. And the thing about Terrence, when we get stops, when we create turnovers, he can go out and run, and he works well with Bones Highland and Russell Westbrook, always cutting, but always able to score in transition. Does a great job of using that little one-two step, lift the ball over his head, lay it up, elevate, going into players' chests, really good in transition. Terrence Mann makes us more athletic, and when Bones, him, and Russ play together, it's awesome stuff. 11 points for Terrence, 3 assists, 3 for 6 from the field, only 1 for 3 from deep, but 4 for 4 from the line in 35 minutes. He had a plus 18, which was the highest of any Clipper, and the Clippers win it 141-132. to They now move on to 2-0 with... Nico Batum in the starting lineup, and I just have to say to conclude, we'll see what happens with Marcus Morris if he plays or suits up or even we see anything of him from him on Friday. But look, we've been saying all season that Nico Oroko should start or Terrence Mann at the very least. Now we got Nico starting, and I think it's going to make a huge difference. Even in games that Nico's not playing well, now you potentially have Rocco. We knew these guys could help. It was just a matter of when it happened. And it was just, in my opinion, it's been too little too late. But all that matters at the end of the day, I wouldn't say all that matters, but peaking at the right time is very important. And the Clippers are starting to play better basketball. They won eight out of their last 11. And that's great. The only thing is life without Paul George is a little tougher. But so far without Paul George, I mean, they beat the Thunder. Then they got killed by the Pelicans, the game I was at beat the Bulls, and now beat the Grizzlies. So 3-1 and one without Paul George since he got hurt. Got to continue to good momentum. A lot of it's Russell Westbrook. And if he continues to play at, a, at an all-star caliber level like he has the last two games, that changes a lot. But at this point, it's just a matter of getting as many wins as possible because every team is so close to one another. But I think without Marcus Morris in the equation, now that you have more guys that can guard less defensive liabilities and more guys that can attack closeouts, make plays, get two feet in the paint, you will see a big change in this team because this team is a good team. It's a great team. I've been saying that since day one. I expected 60 wins for a reason. I expected the championship, you know, or bust expectations for a reason. Do you hear that rain? That means it's time for me to go. <laughs> but you know what? It's fitting it's raining in Los Angeles because it was raining threes for the LA Clippers. We'll take that W. The Clippers move on to 41-36 and 36 with five games left. At Memphis, at New Orleans, home against the Lakers, home against Portland, and then at Phoenix. All huge. And you can, you know, you already know what to do. Locked on Clippers, five days a week, sometimes four. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video. If you want to see my video on what's going on with the Clippers, I did my best to put everything together in my last episode on here. Please make sure to subscribe to Locked On Clippers. Make sure to subscribe to my own personal YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper content, NBA content, LA sports content. Make sure that you comment. Was this the best Russell Westbrook game that you saw in, since how long? It was a season high. We'll take that all day. 
much better than across the hall. And he's all smiles after the game. He's been so great to our local media, and our local media has been so great to him. You love to see it. Obviously, expectations, lowered expectations than he had coming to the Lakers plays a part in that. But, hey, I love how we've made him comfortable as fans, as everybody, as a community, and the team, of course, more than anybody. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at DimeDropperPod, and I already said subscribe to Dime Dropper and Locked On Clippers, so I got nothing else. The age-old proverb continues, go Clippers. Shout out to Goatbrook and the busy man and the Roco guy.